probably be 10 minutes. Um, it just is where my brain goes. And then I look at, I was a high school teacher actually for 10 years while also coaching high school cheerleading. Um, and I was a creator in the classroom. I did things in un, um, unconventional ways and tried to be innovative in my approach um, to better meet the needs of my students. And I was doing things that, that were being taken notice by, you know, the, the high school that I was at, the, the district that I was at, um, I, even throughout the state of Idaho, I was one of 18 teachers that was the uh, Idaho State uh, Teacher of the Year. So I, I realized, especially once I got to San Jose State, that what I'm really good at is taking something and having a unique mindset on how you approach whether uh, whether it's something that already exists but needs to be like reinvented and recreated and, and um, reignited um, or taking something that's never existed before and just take an idea and build it into what it is now. Um, and the biggest piece of that for me is that because I'm as attached to it, my name is attached to it, I take great pride in that. And so it's very important to me that I build a reputation for that program, whatever it might be, um, so that it's noticed and it's recognized and the people that are involved Involved, um, you know, are, are reaping the benefits of, of what that work is. Can we get a round of applause for those superpowers, I mean? Hopefully while you were listening to each of them, you got an opportunity to reflect on what your superpower is because if you get into an interview or a networking conversation, that's gonna be so valuable. Having the ability to build relationships, remember unique things about people, whether it's their kid names, their birthday, manifesting and dreaming, no matter where you are in your life, don't forget that, okay? The ability to be relatable and keep being creative through the process. This actually leads me to my next question, which is all about that transition and the struggle. I'll never forget getting my first internship post-college at the Pac-12 Networks and not having enough money to pay my rent. So I walked around Oakland with my resume until I got a serving job so I could pay for my rent. So it was a struggle, but I'm curious, Darius, can you tell us what was the most challenging part of your transition after athletics? Yeah, my, my most challenging part was really figuring out um, you know, what I wanted to do. So my, my degree was in sport management and communication, which is really broad you know you could do a lot of things obviously you can be a sport agent you could be an athletic trainer uh, with more sc uh, school work um, and so it was really just trying to figure out what my niche was and so uh, when I when I decided that that's the field I wanted to go into you know I I had to take internships which you know most of the time is either free or doesn't pay enough money so it feels like it's free right so I uh, I interned with Nike out in Oregon um, and they wanted me to stay on as a temp, and I was just like, nah, this doesn't have enough. Like, I need to know, like, what I'm going to do. And so I left Oregon um, after applying for some of their, like, full-time jobs, and I uh, used my network. Um, I played at the University of Michigan, as I mentioned before, and so someone who worked at Michigan at the time was had took a job at the Big Ten, so I connected with him, and he offered me an internship to come learn you know, uh, sports administration. So how to put on conference tournaments and championships. And so I interned at the Big Ten Conference and it was there really I decided that, you know, I wanted to be a coach. But I, you know, that experience took me that I don't want to work in a conference office, you know. So sometimes you take jobs just to figure out what you don't want to do. Uh, but you got to take that experience so you really know. So being around coaches and being around players is what led me to uh, I left there and went to USA Basketball, and I worked as a manager of competitive programs where I was really like the manager for the team. Like, basically, I did everything from laundry to 
travel logistics and even, you know, putting squads together to practice against the teams that represented our country in the Olympics. So um, I say all that to say that, you know, my struggle was really kind of figuring out what it is I wanted to do with my degree because it was so broad and because I had so many experiences. Um, it was really about trying to narrow it down and really be intentional about what I wanted to do, which was ultimately uh, getting the coaching. I would say my my struggles or the, the transition uh, was trying to figure out how to be more than. So for me, I knew I wanted to coach basketball. I knew I wanted to be still a part of the game, but I didn't want that to be the only thing that I that I was doing. So it took me, I think it was probably my mindset, it took me a while where I thought, okay, I'm just an AAU coach or I'm just coaching basketball. When I was coaching kids, where I was mentoring kids, I was, help lead, I was helping leading kids. Um, and then I kind of figured out the other roles, the other things, but that was, the, that was probably the hardest transition of, I don't want to be stuck in a box of, okay, I was a basketball player, now I'm a basketball coach. That's all I knew. Um, I wanted to get out. I wanted to use my relationships and network to be able to do other things. And then I would probably say actually competing. Like I'm a competitor, so not being able to play in games, that was a little hard for me until I kind of shift the mindset of I'm not competing on the court. Now I'm competing in life. Now I'm competing against myself. Now I'm competing against everything that I'm doing and using that um, to get back into helping kids. My... <clears throat> Excuse me. That voice, man. <laughs> That's okay. I would say for me, and my struggles came after uh, I decided to stop coaching basketball. And I honestly, I really believe that no matter what your job is, it, want, it, it should never feel like work. And if it starts to feel like work, it's, you're, you're not going to enjoy it. If you're not going to enjoy it, you're not going to be enjoyable to be around. I didn't want to become that person. I saw way too many coaches who should have gotten out of the business and they were still doing it and they were just miserable people. And I didn't want to turn into that. And so whenever I realized that too many important aspects of my job were starting to feel like work, I decided to take the time out and had absolutely no idea what I was going to do. Zero clue. And I was lucky enough that um, I knew I'd be okay for about six months. And I enjoyed my, my six months of life. My birthday is July 4th. And so for the first time in 14 years or 16 years, I was able to spend my birthday with my parents. Because July 5th, we go out on the road recruiting for women's basketball. So like being able to enjoy those moments. But then it was like all of a sudden, I'm like, OK, cool. Now what am I going to do? Like it was everything, like the, the high of getting out and telling everybody the story or whatever. And it's just like, oh, crap, what am I going to do? Um, and luckily, because of relationships, I had somebody reach out to me, and she actually happened to be the wife of my last head coach. And I ended up becoming a certified health coach. And that, just, that, was, gonna, that was something that allowed me to travel and, and do what I wanted to do. But it was still, I found a team of people that were doing that. And as, as I've moved on, like, that's been it's it's a thing like I want to have a team I got used to having a team with with my players and whatnot um, but it's I will say like it's still a struggle sometimes because I don't necessarily have like coaching basketball you you have a schedule 
you know, you have your schedule with, with your games, with workouts, with postseason, with offseason recruiting, all that. It's just a constant schedule. It can fluctuate a little bit. And I like that. And being off on my own, I don't necessarily have somebody telling me, like, giving me that schedule. I got to come up with it on my, on my own. And that can be really scary sometimes. Um, but I've, I have learned to enjoy the entire journey because it's, I mean, I started as a health coach and now I'm doing way more than I ever expected. So it's like just enjoy, learning to enjoy the process, enjoying the journey and not just the ultimate destination at the end. So I would say I'm still kind of struggling with that um, some days, but just the fact that it's been able, I've been able to look at the relationships around me, lean on my, lean on my people, um, and just kind of figure out the details later. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> My birthday is July 6th, so yeah. Um, all right, so for me, um, I never really left cheerleading. Um, I chose to be a high school teacher not because I was passionate about education, it's because I was passionate about cheerleading, and cheerleading was the vehicle to be able to impact the lives of young people, and I didn't really know it at the time until I started doing it, that that was like my calling. Um, and that led me to identifying some um, gaps where I'm from in Idaho. Don't know how many people have been to Idaho, but there's a lot of potato fields and lots of corn fields and lots of farm town. And what I was finding was there were young individuals in the small rural parts of Idaho that had the local mom who was volunteering to be the cheerleading and dance coach who knew nothing about cheerleading and dance but teaching their kids how to do back handsprings and headstands and uh, build pyramids. And for me, I was like, it's not safe and we're gonna end up getting all these other athletes that love cheerleading taken away because the schools are gonna ground them, which many of you might have known cheerleading programs that have gotten grounded, meaning they're no longer able to lift people up in the air or be able to tumble. So through my process of teaching and coaching, I saw this gap in rural parts. I started my own company and I started just doing choreography services and consulting services with these, company, with these schools. Um, to help elevate those communities. And um, similar to kind of what we said is like, I just found the transition sort of happened for itself. I think if as an athlete you work hard and, and you put your head down and you grind, and then like when you do come up for air, like that next relationship or that, that next door opens because of the work that you did ahead of time, right? Like the relationships mattered, but if you didn't, if you didn't make a good name for yourself and you didn't have a good reputation, then even though you knew the person, that doesn't mean that they're necessarily gonna help you. It's because of the work that you did in the process of knowing that person that shows that you they can trust you, that they can rely on you. So I think for me, like, the transition is still happening. Um, and it wasn't until five years ago that I literally like disconnected from cheerleading. I shouldn't say completely, now I'm the sports supervisor at San Jose State for the cheerleading and dance program, but, but I mean coaching. So um, that would be my thing about the transition is um, although it's scary, um, I think leaning on the fact that I just would put my head, head down and grind, that's what I was used to doing. And I continued to do that when I did move out of the actual performance component of my sport. 
Thank you so much. A big theme here is that everyone's still figuring it out as they go. So take note of that, okay? Um, I wish I would have given myself the advice of being more open-minded with my career path. I was set more on, I'm only gonna work in sports. There's partners out here right now that wanna hire you that you might not know anything about their company. And the advice you give could be at any aspect of life, but what advice would you give to yourself back then? Um. Yeah, I, I, you know, this kind of goes along with the transition, right? So as an athlete, you know, you start to think that's all you are, right? And you have so many transferable skills that employees uh, see as valuable. You know how to work in diversity. You're a competitor. Um, you know, the, just the soft skills and the, you know, the transferable skills that you have anyone would want to hire you. Athletes, you know, a lot of companies, that's why they go after athletes, because you have something that normal people don't have, right? Um, and so the, the advice I would give to myself is, is just to, you know, the sky's the limit. Whatever you want to do. Like when I was in college, you know, obviously I wanted to play professional. I wanted to be in the NBA. Um, when I knew that dream wasn't going to happen for me, then I tried to, you know, go after the next thing closest to it, which was, oh, I want to be an agent or I want to be, you know, something else. And what my dreams really should have been like, I want to be, you know, a general manager. I want to be an owner. And it took me some time to realize that you can do like whatever you want to do. Like if you put your mind to it, just like you put the work in to be an athlete and be competitive at your sport, you can do that same thing in the corporate world or just in life being an entrepreneur. And so it was just not to limit myself. Like whatever it is that I really wanted to do, like I could do it. And so like, you know, figuring it out years later, now here I am sitting as assistant general manager of the Atlanta Dream. It's like, all right, do I want to be a general manager? Do I want to own a team? Like those are things that I'm still, you know, toying with, like, what, what is it that I really ultimately want to do? But the biggest thing for me is just, again, like I said, I'm a relationship builder. I like to impact people's lives. So I, I like to connect with people, and I like to see them fulfill their dreams. So whatever way I can do that and make it not feel like a job is, is really ultimately um, what I love doing. I would say to be patient. Um, I, I know that I'm such a, I have to do this. I have to do that. I, I got to be here. I got to go here. I should be at this point in my life. I should be doing this. So I would say, be patient, be where your feet are. Um, enjoy where you're at, where you're at, wherever it is. Um, and go through the process, trust the process, be the process. But I think the very, the big thing is to just be patient. Um, stop looking at, not to look at someone's chapter five when you're at chapter one. Stop looking so far ahead. And I think that's something that I'm still learning to do. Because um, I think as anybody, we all want the best. We all want to be high up. We all want to do different things. And sometimes when you see someone else doing that, not even knowing their story or what they're doing, it's just like, why am I not there? Um, so be patient, be patient, trust yourself, and be the process. So I would have two things. One is um, don't give a damn about what other people think because they're going to think what they want to think anyway, right? And I, it's, it's only been recently that I've really stopped worrying about that because if, if, if you wouldn't take advice from somebody, then don't worry about what their opinion is of you, right? Um, 
But that and also the big, a big thing is do not be scared to ask for help. It's okay if, if you're not meant to, to do things on your own. You're meant to have, there are people there for you to help you out. When I was on Kilimanjaro, I was coming in dead last every single day and it was detrimental to my psyche. Like as athletes, you wanna come in first, right? And I was coming in last. So I thought I wasn't winning and I wasn't gonna accomplish my goal. Well, one of our porters, or excuse me, um, our lead guides were called CEOs. And one of the CEOs was uh, walking with me and he kept trying to take my bag. And he's like, Jody, let me carry your bag. I'm like, no, you crazy? Like, I don't need your help. What are you talking about? Of course, I politely said, no, thank you, I got it. But um, I was cussing him out in my head. Um, but he, he saw me struggling, right? And this was the hardest day, at, with the exception of the actual summit night, this was the hardest day. And when I saw this lady who was in her 60s walking past me, my face just dropped and he finally just reached around, grabbed the bag off of my back and again, cussing him out in my head, but I just said, thank you and let him do it. Took five steps and I was like, holy crap, this is so much easier. If I would have just been okay with accepting help, it could have been easier three hours ago <laughs> and I wouldn't be so tired. But um, I, I know I am stubborn like that, but ever since that, that happened two, two years ago now, uh, three years ago, excuse me, and I have been okay with, with asking for help. And, when, and I also mean not just like the, the, the physical sense, the mental sense as well. Therapy is huge. It, I, I honestly think 99% of the people need therapy and it's not meant in a negative or bad way. Um, but being vulnerable to go ahead and take that step with somebody to, and to do that um, has been huge. So whether you're asking for help for a job, whether you're asking for physical health, mental health, just don't be scared to ask for help. Sorry. Uh, my one piece of advice, and I say this to whether you're a current student athlete, you're recently transitioning out of sport, you're a 42-year-old professional, um, pick one thing. Pick one thing that is in your brain that you kind of think you want to do, you want to try, and, and start the process for that, whatever that looks like. Um, you know, I have things, for me personally, I have things in my head that I go to, night, go to bed at night saying, like, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want, wouldn't this be cool if I did that? I mean, like, make a list or whatever, but you got, you're never going to be able to do all of those things. So pick one thing and then go, go attack it that's, that's outside of what you do every day, right? So if it is, if we're looking at the athlete space, I always say this when I'm, when I'm recruiting and when I'm talking to student athletes, I say, if 5% of your time was dedicated to your beyond, in this case where I work, we call it beyond Sparta, it was dedicated to beyond Sparta. In the four to five years that you're gonna be an athlete at San Jose State, 5% of your time can be dedicated to something outside of your sport. Does that mean that you're gonna join a, a center on campus? Are you going to work, get a summer internship? Are you gonna write your resume, build your LinkedIn profile? You know, Jonathan Jones, start a podcast. Whatever that one thing is that you really wanna do, don't worry about all those other things. Pick the one thing. And I will say, just because I had this conversation with my colleague, Dr. Lamont Williams, I need to take my own advice. I understand that. Um, but yeah, just don't overdo it. Pick one thing. I'm bad at taking my own advice too. 
<laughs> Love the authenticity here. This is awesome. So this next question is about career rebirth. There's been many times in my career where I've thought, I'm interested in doing that. I don't want to take that leap, but I'm hesitant because I don't think I'll be successful. So Darius, thinking back to a time in your career where you wanted to make a leap to something different, something challenging, something new, was there a time frame in which you held back? And how did you get through that rebirth stage? Um, so I, I coached college women's basketball for nine years. And um, when I decided to get engaged to get married, um, my wife got the fiance at the time, got the head coaching job at uh, University of Georgia. And so for me, I was working at the University of South Carolina and basically they're rivals. And so it's like, okay, if I stay in South Carolina, I'm, I'm essentially taking food out of my own mouth if I'm recruiting <laughs> against my wife. So, so I had to kind of reinvent myself. And lucky for me, in between my coaching stints at Temple and, and uh, South Carolina, I worked at the NBA where I worked um, in the player development office where we essentially helped um, athletes with off-the-court development. So uh, health and nutrition, career development, financial literacy, um, you know, teaching them the business of basketball, all of that. So I had a little experience for three years doing that. And so when I had to step away from coaching um, because of my decision uh, personally, you know, just trying to figure out what it is that I could do next. You know, I tried officiating. I, um, you know, I, I started, uh, I got my real estate license. Um, and, it, you know, it ultimately kept pulling me back to people and basketball. And, again, just my passion, which was, you know, being around and working with people. And so I coached AAU, I officiated, I got my real estate license. And ultimately, I ended up coming back to helping athletes transition from playing to their next careers. And so I worked for a company uh, called Aflife, um, which I had to get my career development for, uh, facilitator certification, also uh, be able to help them with uh, different assessments you can take. Like, so you could take the strong interest inventory assessment and figure out what it is you want to do. Um, and so it was, you know, but that was a transition period of about, I would say, two, two and a half years where I was really kind of figuring out what it is that I wanted to do. And like I said, I, I always came back to the people. I always came back to trying to, you know, help people that were, were in my situation. Because when I finished playing college, you know, again, when you're NBA or WNBA or, you know, whatever sport you're playing, dream dies, um, you know, you're trying to figure it out. And so um, for me, it, it was it was uh, it was a struggle, but I, I enjoyed it every step of the way because I got experience. I met people and I was able to just figure it out. So um, it was it was a. Uh, it was difficult, but I mean, you know, it's hard. Life is hard, but you go through those hard things to get to where you need to go. I would definitely say investing. Um, I talked about real estate probably since I've, I've always talked about real estate. I also have my real estate license, but I wanted to particularly like invest in properties. Um, but it was the 
always cost too much money or I don't really know or I don't want to get a house that looks crazy and have to fix it up or what if something goes wrong? <clears throat> so I, I would definitely say that. Um, and I was actually at a basketball tournament. This was three years ago. I was at a basketball tournament, randomly talking to an AAU coach, and he told me that um, he's an investor. So I started asking questions, um, got to know him, started building a relationship, and he was like, just, let's, let's just do it. So I was like, all right. So I decided to take the risk, um, got the first property, and I think, and that was challenging because, like I said, the, my very first house, I walked in a house and I walked back out of the house. <laughs> I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Um, but he had to walk me through it and then showing me other ways to actually invest to where you don't have to put 20% down. And so I think like the lack of knowledge of me knowing like how investing actually works. Um, but once I got in it, I was like, man, this is fun. Like this is, this is what I like to do. So I started getting more properties. And I think that that was like for me the, I guess a career rebirth. Um, and then really realizing, somebody said it, oh, um, the picking one thing, that's real. Because as I said earlier, the, a lot of different things that I do, and it was because of that, you know, I didn't want to be just stuck with basketball. I wanted a career rebirth. Um, so I had the vending machines, and I'm like, oh, well, let me just write a book. Well, let, me just, let me just do this. Um, but it took me doing all of those things to really know what I really want, and it brought me back to basketball. Yes, I still have the real estate, but I, I actually sold all of my vending machines. Um, have kind of stopped a little bit of things with the book and really knowing what I really, really want, and that's to help kids. And I think if I didn't go through all of that, of let me try this, let me try that, let me dabble in this, I really wouldn't know um, what it is I really wanted to do. Completely understand that, because like I said, I just went from one thing to one thing, that, you know, keep going, and who knows what's going to happen. Um, but I, th I think I'm kind of still in that rebirth just because things keep happening. I do one thing is like I'm exposed to something else. And so that exposure has helped me, you know, navigate different, um, different areas and, and try and find that one thing. But it does come for me, it comes back to being able to impact positively impact people's lives. And the big, when people ask me if I miss college coaching, the first thing I'll say is yes, because I miss it because of the relationships with my players and being able to impact those, those, uh, those lives. And I take it really dear to heart. And I'm actually leaving the conference early because I'm flying to be in one of my former players' weddings. And like that means, I don't, I don't say that to, to boast in any kind of way, but that's how important those relationships are to me. And, um, struggling trying to, f to figure out where I can make that impact most. And so I'm lucky I'm in a situation I can try out these different things, experience it, some of it I don't like. And it's like, because I think finding out what you don't like is just as important in finding out what you do like. Um, but going through like tr just continually to evolve and figure out the best way that I can have a positive impact on people's lives. Um, and I have found that through motivational speaking and being able to share my story in my books and being able to um, still have an attached. That's why I also, I still coach summer ball. I don't get paid for it. I do it because I want to be able to Im impact, you know, young basketball players' lives. And this gives me the opportunity to, to get my fix <laughs> for the summer. And then I can go scream in the stands as a fan. Um, but got, and what Darius said too is like it just enjoying the process along the way, like 
just embrace the struggle. It's going to happen. But just know that if you keep loving yourself where you are and you know where you want to go, like you want to keep moving forward, even if you don't know necessarily that final destination, um, just keep enjoying the process. So when you do get to that, that destination, it's going to be even sweeter to reach it. And I wanted to clarify and piggy off that, piggyback off that is like when you do the pick the one thing, then that like one thing leads to the next one thing. It's not just like only be one thing. It's by dedicating to that one thing, it sets the foundation for the next thing. And going back to what you said at the beginning, Darius, is you never really had to apply for a job. You already had it. And I've had a similar kind of history myself. And that's because right? You, you've done one thing, you did it really well, um, and it led to the next and so on and so forth. For me, my career rebirth happened five years ago. I'm 42 years old. Like I was 37 years old. I got married. Um, I had, you know, transition in my life from my relationship status, had to make a decision. Do I want to continue to live distant from my, what was been my fiance, now my husband? And to be honest, um, because I have a great partnership with my husband, he didn't want me to make that career rebirth unless he knew it was going to be a better opportunity than what I was already doing. And so I think um, for me, um, although fearful, I had people in my corner, you know, cheering me on and saying, you know, you can do this. And I want to make sure that I, I, I state that it is, I was scared shitless when I did it, like scared shitless. For 25 years, I knew nothing more than going to school, being a teacher, being a, being a coach. Um, and that I made, my, made a name for myself in that space. And I was going to a brand new place where no one knew me, no one knew my name, no one knew, knew my work. Actually, a year after I got hired at San Jose State, a woman who worked in our department came into my office and said to me, I just want you to know that when you first got hired, um, let me back up, my husband also works with me. He's the director of football operations within our football department. She told me a year later, I just want you to know that the only reason I thought the only reason why you got hired is because your husband worked here. And that was just like, okay, like, thanks, maybe. And yeah, and like she was saying it like, you, you've done a good job. Like, she was trying to give me a compliment. But at the same time, I was like, I did not take my husband's last name for a reason. I am who I am. I am Tobrook Blaine. I am not his wife, I, you know, right? Like, I am who I am. And that was important to me. And that's something I had to learn. I didn't figure that out immediately. And um, so my rec career rebirth was, was scary. I showed up on my first day of the job, and there wasn't a curriculum like there is when you're a teacher. I didn't show up and have a supervisor tell me what to do. The person I reported to was the head football coach, and he was gone for media days. Nobody was there to tell me what to do. I had to do what I always did, which was put your head down and figure it out and grind. And I did one thing, and that was I put my earbuds in, I turned on a podcast, I listened to a guy by the name of Brian Kite, K-I-G-H-T, if you don't know who he is, listen to his stuff, and I got motivated. And then from there, it led to some ideas, and, and five years later, I believe, you know, I'm sure there's other people that work in this space that may, may disagree with me, but I believe that I have one of the best, most innovative, transformative student-athlete development programs across the nation, you know, at a Mountain West school that has really very little funding. Um, and I'm extremely proud of the program that I've, I've made, and it has helped me create even a bigger identity for who I am as more than just to work Blaine from Idaho, the cheer coach. So that rebirth, I want to make sure I say is, it's scary, but attack it the same way you did when you were an athlete. 
I mean, these panelists make me want to run through a wall for them. And this last question, I'm going to switch up a little bit. You guys are prepared to share a story about a mentor that helped you. But taking a little note from Bethany's book over here, there's going to be an opportunity to speak to these panelists and network. So what I'd like you to do instead is share what you can do to help offer mentorship to somebody in this room. So if you connect with me on LinkedIn, my name is Penelope Yamauchi. I'll offer you free LinkedIn and resume advice. So Darius, what is one thing you'd like to offer in terms of mentorship? It could be literally anything. And where can they find you? Uh, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn as well. And I mean, I would just, I, mean, I, I like helping people. And so if you reach out to me, whether you want to know kind of my journey or a lot of people always ask, how did you get into the sports industry? Because, I mean, we're all athletes, but at the same time, we also know that there's a negative stigma that sometimes comes with uh athletes, specifically professional athletes, in terms of, you know, moving on into the front office or in the coaching sometimes because a lot of people think athletes are entitled um, and they don't work hard. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, a lot of times athletes carry the universities on their back. You know, what, what athletes do for universities um, can never be um, paid back, honestly. And so... You know, I'm always, you know, willing to help people move on to whatever. Again, I'm a networker. So if it's a relationship you want or you want to connect with someone in a different field, like, you know, if you looked at my LinkedIn, I, I don't know how many connections I have, but just I'm, I'm, I'm here as an open book to whatever industry or if we have something at our organization that's open. Uh, so feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. All right. I definitely need to connect with both of y'all. I need to I need to get my LinkedIn up. Um, but very similar. I, I would just say um, with doing a lot of things come come with knowledge and expertise. And I, I have a lot of um, knowledge in a lot of different fields. So if any of you guys have questions about um, how to write a book or getting into vending machines, Airbnbs, investing, starting an organization, any of that, um, I'm here to answer questions. I'm here to help. Um, I think what comes with a lot of that is management. So if it's not any of those categories, like understanding how to manage different things, how to manage multiple things, um, I would love to be here to answer any questions for any of you guys. I'm not on LinkedIn. I need to do a better job at that. Well, I'm on LinkedIn, but it's it's inactive. So don't go there. Don't look at don't look at LinkedIn. Um, but Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, um, underscore this is Ashley R. I look forward to connecting with you guys. Sweet. Um, my social media handles is Jody Grevy underscore, or no, I lied. It's Coach Jody underscore. Sorry, on LinkedIn, it's Jody Grevy, and my first name is J O D I. Um, but I also have something that is completely free, and it comes once a day. And I started doing this several years, actually, when I left San Jose State. Um, some of my players weren't exactly help, happy with me and needed a little motivation some days. And so I would text them a, a daily motivational quote. And I had been doing that, I guess, for 12 years now, and it kind of grew. Um, and so now I basically offer it to anybody. So if you text the word mindset to 38470, um, you will get a daily quote every single day. Sometimes they're kind of funny. Sometimes they're uh, a little deep. Um, might have a cuss word in there every now and then, but yeah. just saying. Um, but it's just something, um, and it comes at 9 Central, um, 
every morning, but just something to give give people a little bit of motivation um, every day, and, and you don't have to respond, you just get to read it and, and whatnot, but um, I, I love connecting with people, and I love to be able to con connect people, um, so please reach out to me, like I said, on um, Instagram and Twitter, it's Coach Jody underscore, and then on LinkedIn, uh, Jody Grevy. What's the number again? 38470. <laughs> Uh, and I will have, so I did bring uh, two, two of my books, and so I do have a booth back there, and on, this, on my computer screen, it'll have that. So if, if you didn't get it, it'll be back there as well. Awesome. Um, so connecting with me, if you are on the Socio app, you have access to all my LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, so you can send me messages there, and I believe my email is on there as well. Um, the one thing that I, I mean, I'm willing to help in all those spaces, resume review, LinkedIn, just like an informational interview about my journey, whatever it is, um, but um, I would say the two areas that might be um, a little bit more uh, direct in, in um, impactful is one, if you're, if you're a professional looking to build a student athlete development program and or implement some, some changes, um, I think that's my strength is like start the starting point. How do we get it to where we want it to be? So I'd be more than happy to, to be, be a sounding board for you and help you in that creation. And the second thing is, um, let me hold you accountable for what that one thing is. Pick the one thing, let's talk about it. We could, we could identify one thing together and then let me be someone that will hold you accountable for that. And I have um, Penelope actually to thank for that because she did that for me when I was starting to build the um, program that I run now. Um, and she was really good at saying, you know what, like, let's have a meeting, let's do this. And, and she helped champion me in, in those things. And so I um, will return the favor to any and all of you. So grateful. Thank you so much, all of our panelists, for offering great advice today and mentorship. Thank you, Athletes Unite Conference. We're so grateful. And our panelists would love to get a photo up here if anyone's willing to take one. I think we got one right there. Just a quick, a quick smile. But thank you all so much. Let's give our panelists one last round of applause. <laughs>